0: The St. Louis Symphony Orchestra is now tuning up, getting ready to kick off its 140th season this weekend. And for the first time in 14 years, the man leading the musicians is not David Robertson. Stefan Denev takes to the podium Saturday for his first concert as St. Louis Symphony Orchestra's music director. He's been a frequent guest conductor, but now it's his podium. Here to give us a preview of this year's season is Stefan Denev. Stefan, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here.
0: And we're also joined by Marie-Hélène Bernard, President and CEO of the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra. Marie-Hélène, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Do you have a question or comment for the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra's new director or its president and CEO? Give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. And as a reminder, this year is the 10th anniversary of St. Louis Public Radio's partnership with the Symphony. We broadcast the Saturday night subscription concerts live, beginning this Saturday at 8 p.m. So, Stefan Danov, Saturday is your big debut as boss. Are you nervous?
1: I'm as nervous as somebody that is about to getting married. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> That's, that
0: should be very nervous.
1: <laughs> quite a lot, indeed. No, no, I'm extremely excited by uh, uh, finally. To, uh, to indeed to get musically married with this wonderful bride that the Saint-Louis-Séphoigni Orchestra is it's a wonderful story.
0: You've been in this period of engagement and now you're ready to say your I do.
1: <laughs> exactly. I built the romance, you know, I did my, my best. And um, and now indeed we, we, we engage and I'm very happy because uh, the, the project of life that we have for the future, to continue the metaphor, is really something very dear to my heart. You know, the, the season that I, that we have is a, a gift to, uh, to St. Louis and to this community. And we will try during the season to build an Arch uh, of the Franco-American friendship.
0: Okay, well, that is a a big topic to take on. Um, Let's talk about what is upcoming in this season. Um, This first concert that happens this weekend. This is the welcome concert for Stefan. I'm not even going to try to say that properly in French, Um, but it's a really great bill. There's Debussy's La Mer, Ravel's Piano Concerto in G, and then there's also this. And that, of course, is An American in Paris. Um, What drew you to that piece for your first um, show?
1: Well, it's the symbolic aspect of it. First, I have to say, no. First, it's because I love this masterwork. Every piece I program this season is, of course, a piece that I truly love. But it was really serving the purpose of showing the influence between cultures. Of course, this is An American in Paris, and you just heard the honks of uh, taxi horns in Paris. city I'm very familiar with because I live for many years there. And in the same concert, our um, uh, artist in residence this year, the great French pianist Jean-Yves Thibaudet, who lives actually in Los Angeles, in America, so the most American of the French pianists, is playing some concertos of Ravel, who was actually a friend of uh, Gershwin, who... Uh, is influenced by American jazz. So I just wanted to show the back and forth relationship between the two cultures, and that's why I put these pieces together and that will end our concert with this wonderful American in Paris.
0: So you have some uh, pieces by French composers, you have this piece by an American composer, and this is sort of your... I'm here.
1: <laughs> yes, it's, uh, it, it really reflects on what I believe in. I mean, the concert will uh, open with a world premiere from a St. Louis composer and water composer, Kevin Putz, who wrote a wonderful piece, I love it, uh, with influence uh, by a French author-composer from the medieval time, Guillaume de Machaut, he used a theme from the, the, this, composer, this French composer and makes it really, really American. So we start with that, and then we continue with a, a piece by the female composer Jennifer Higdon called Blue Cathedral, which is music of our time, music I really love, and I really want everybody to uh, understand that I am passionate about music of our time, which is tuneful, melodic, accessible, and can give a strong musical emotion from the first listening. And uh, that's what we'll do with this wonderful book as a role, which is also something blue for this wedding. I have something old yeah. with La Mer, I have something new uh, with Kevin Puts, and something borrowed with. Uh, Honks of the taxi horn of Gershwin, so you see, it's a it's a real w- musical wedding.
0: Maria helene do you think this this concert is going to be just the perfect introduction to Stefan? It sounds like all those pieces oh. all make sense.
2: Absolutely, and throughout the season, I think he's been very thoughtful about bringing a wide range of music. We like to say there's something for everyone at the Saint Louis Symphony, and we mean it. I think Stefan, as you can tell, is passionate about music, but he's very generous about music. So this is an experience he wishes to share with as many pos- people as possible, and really be being very, very friendly and accessible about how to bring them to truly love the music that he himself loves. So let's talk about that being very accessible. Um, this year, you have dropped the ticket prices. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about that. So when Stefan um, agreed to become our music director, it's a two-year process in planning this first season and seasons to come. We, we talked about making music accessible to all and what are the ways to uh, make that happen. And we've done extensive surveys. And what we did is we took 10 years of survey and really summarized the feedback that, that people gave us. Why? Why don't you come? Or why do you come only once a year? And so on and so forth. And several things came up to really guide our work. And the first thing was pricing. Remove the perception that music needs to be expensive, uh, financially expensive. So we already had some a price structure that was very friendly, but now we're truly starting the symphony for the price of a movie ticket. So that's how, the first wow What is the cheapest ticket that one could well, get? Well, typ- typically students can can get a, a concert for $10. Wow. Family concerts have Have prices well under uh, $10 because we want to be mindful that families are parents, kids, and there could be several uh, and friends Um, but $10 is the minimum but $15 for adult for any classical concert will be the starting point. That is a terrific bargain. Yep. Other means to create access is we are enhancing customer service in so many different ways and one thing we are changing this year with Stefan's input of course was to allow patrons to bring their drinks into the hall for classical concerts. Something we had a lot in the past for movies or more popular shows and and this time we are doing it for classical and knowing sometimes the challenges of the time it takes to get a drink and use the facilities to be able to have a glass of wine and come back for the second half and sit down relaxed and sip your wine while you listen to great music is something we're changing to make it
1: more enjoyable.
2: And Stefan, this is something you were in favor of?
1: Of course. Is you know. that
0: how they do it in Europe?
1: I, I, I uh, not everywhere not at all, okay. but I think uh, I look I love America and I find people cool here. <laughs> and uh, well,
0: thank you. Yes,
1: it's true. No, I I I love this this culture, you know this uh, I mean, the fact that um, we are just together in a a very easy way and that, you know, there's no snobism for me, something very important. I can tell you that very often in my country, in France, for instance, you know, there are still people showing off with, you know, fancy clothes because it's a concert and it puts too much pressure uh, for people. We are there for one reason, to celebrate music and to feel together, so... I must say I don't want to uh, to say too much, but uh, a good a good class of French wine can definitely help to uh, like music even more.
0: <laughs> you know I have found that in my personal life I will certainly not argue with that. Uh, we have another musical recording here we want to play. Um, this is actually uh, a John Williams theme. I think our listeners are going to recognize this right away. So you're just coming off a weekend of concerts featuring John Williams' music, and I got a little tip from a little bird that he is actually a personal friend of yours. Is that true? <laughs> I'm so starstruck right now.
1: <laughs> I'm so privileged, and, I, and and myself, actually. I uh, Well, I, I was starstruck for about five minutes when I met him in 2007, and I tell you why I'm not anymore, because this is the most kind, careful, welcoming, inclusive human being, I love the man. He's an extraordinary man and yes, I've been very, very privileged to meet him numerous times in LA and in Boston and other places in Philadelphia as well. We shared a concert together and He's something else. And uh, I was blessed to be able to uh, start here this month with music of uh, of John. And as you just heard, Indiana Jones, you recognize just after one second which movie it is. And I said to the audience something funny, I said to them, I said like, look, if you ever, uh, it was a little advice for myself, if you ever wake up with a kind of grumpy mood or you're tired, you don't want to go to job, Take a shower, humming Indian Angels. <laughs> and it's an antidote to all of that. You will be just energized for the day. And uh, look, I, I'm so pleased because we do a lot of his music. You know, we have some, something for everybody and we do many movies. So, for instance, this Raiders of the Lost Ark will come in May 16 and 17 in our season. But we have also Star Wars, we also Home Alone. I and mean, we have many movies of uh, this great genius. I Adore him.
0: And so you, uh, the, the symphony plays the movie, and then the, the soundtrack is live. That's how it works.
1: Absolutely. And it is always a great experience. It's very exciting to see that.
0: So, Rose, who's a loyal listener to the Symphony Orchestra, she sent us an email knowing that you were going to be on today. And she writes I noticed that many of the world's elite conductors seems to eschew more popular classical music. They won't conduct film scores, for example. But you seem to take the opposite approach, embracing many different kinds of classical music, not just the standards like Beethoven and Brahms. Can you explain your philosophy on why you <laughs> conduct the pieces you do?
1: I'm afraid we are on the radio so uh, you cannot see that um, uh, I even physically you can notice that I have a big appetite <laughs> and uh, I have a big appetite for life for music in every genre so for instance my uh, my wife is a rock chick and she uh, taught me a lot about this and I loved any kind of music and there is a moment for everything in life so it is very important for me to, uh, to actually notice that the uh, movie repertoire became really uh, extremely important repertoire for the symphonic orchestra. And, and that, that, that's why I'm conducting sometimes, indeed even full movies. I did the full ET in Philadelphia. And I was so touched because uh, I have a daughter, Alma, who is 11 years old. And uh, I really made made sure that she doesn't see E.T. before. And I said, you have to wait, you have to wait until your daddy can conduct the music for you. And so she discovered, at the same age as me, I discovered E.T. when I was 11 years old myself. And she discovered this movie uh, with her father conducting the Philadelphia Orchestra. And this was so moving, so...
0: We actually have a clip, speaking of ET, um, we actually have a clip of that right here. Let's give that a listen. So that was just the score from E.T., and I've heard that when you played that this weekend and um, that this was something where you said it, it had made you cry when you were a little kid.
1: Oh, yes. The first time I m- cried in a movie theater was definitely thanks to the great story of E.T., but also the the score, and I, I fell in love with uh, John Williams' music uh, from that time, and I've been a fan ever since. But look, it's fascinating because he has a rapport with children. You know, you just hear one note of... Uh, Harry Potter, you know, with a celesta, star. And voila, you have the anthem of actually the magic world that for all generations of kids to come. And if I may say, there was a beautiful thing happening yesterday. There was a lovely little girl that uh, uh, at the end of the concert, I said, mm, did I forget something? Of course, and I wanted to have the crowd say, Star Wars, Star Wars. But actually one... In, that was screaming even louder than any adult there was a tiny little girl that said Star Wars so actually I made a sign to come to me and she came in front stage and, and I spoke with her I said like so you want to, uh, to hear and she screamed. She said, Star Wars, and we g- gave a high five, and, and it was so charming. I mean, that's that's a joy for me to make music with uh, with all these people.
0: So you brought a little girl up to the front. I feel like it's like working with animals. When you work with children, sometimes things can go awry, but you took that <laughs> risk, and it sounds like it was a very cute moment. It, it worked out.
1: <laughs> you know, you have to live with the risk, because it's a beautiful risk to take, to have the, the enthusiasm. The, actually, everybody was very moved. It, it was obviously not planned, and... Uh, Uh, I didn't think about any risk. I just wanted to share the enthusiasm of this little girl. And that plus the concert in Forest Park in front of 50,000 people last week. I mean, I have the feeling I have the opportunity to meet St. Louis and to start to know for who I'm making music and I love this community
0: so speaking of the concert in forest park we actually just got an email from uh, jenna or gina one of our listeners she writes my friend and i are not classical music lovers but took advantage of the free concert in forest park last thursday wow mr denev with his enthusiasm and wonderful sense of humor has created two new symphony fans in us we look forward to seeing him in powell Aww. hall soon
1: i personally would like to thank them for jenna uh, or gina for this message and uh, I love this bond. Yes, please come often. We are here. It's a great hall. One of the most beautiful acoustic in the world, and uh, the, the, the orchestra sounds terrific. I mean, yes, I want to make many, many new friends here.
0: Uh, Maria, helene concerts like that in Forest Park, is that a way of sort of subtly recruiting people? You're giving them a free show, but then you're saying, hey, we're so good, you're going to come want to pay to see oh, us.
2: Sure, sure. I think we're very committed to the community. The St. Louis Symphony Orchestra has a long history of being invested in a community. Um, so if we can um, recruit new artists, Audience members will be delighted, but it's truly we want people to come and enjoy it for what it is. So if they say that they want to come and meet us again at Power Hall, we're delighted.
0: So speaking of somewhat unusual things you do uh, at the symphony orchestra, I did want to ask you, the In Unison Chorus mm-hmm. is celebrating its 25th year this year, and that's that's a pretty mm-hmm. big deal. Okay. For those who haven't witnessed its
2: work, can you tell us a little bit about that? So the In Unison program has several components. A chorus, which includes 120 uh, voices that give three live performances, two at Power Hall, and one in one of the church partners every year. Um, we have a In Unison church program. We work with 33 Churches in the St. Louis region, and we give, we bring musicians of the St. Louis Symphony to their churches on Sunday. And we've been really focused in recent years in promoting music by African American composers to kind of explore and unveil um, greater awareness for music that has been written in the past or currently. And finally, we have a program with OMSL, which we give opportunities to young African American college students to pursue um, a career in music, whether it's music administration or music performance, uh, or education. And we currently have on our team two members of our full-time staff who have gone through the program. So nurturing the talent for the future is very important to us. Sounds like a great program. Mm-hmm. Let's
0: go back to Stefan here, since we're coming up on, on what's going to be his debut as the full-time music director. I, I feel like every single profile I read of him, it talks about how cheerful he is. And having him here in the studio today, I can see that. Um, I actually read in this great St. Louis magazine story written by the wonderful Jeanette Cooperman. Uh, she mentioned that his wife's nickname for him is Sunshine. <laughs> now, I might just be sounding like a curmudgeon here, but I Feel like relentless cheer. There are some days that we wake up in a bad mood and we want to be nowhere near a cheerful person. Have you wanted to strangle him yet for just being so no, gosh darn sunny? No,
2: but you know, if he were, if he, if he were to come up but in a bad mood, I would probably play the Raiders of the Lost Ark for him. But, now that you know, that's um, the antidote. No, 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 really, really not. And it's an energy that is so genuine. When you mentioned a young girl earlier. Um, Stefan has this unique ability to connect with other human beings, and I've seen him interact with children, with older people, with young students, and it's truly a genuine approach, and it's, it's life, it's joy. So I, I often tell people that it's pure joy. I'm sure he's going to have his moment, but uh, no, so far he hasn't had it yet. so far, so, <laughs> so
0: good he hasn't had it yet. Now, Stefan, <laughs> you're here you. in Thank St. Louis you. without your wife and your 11, 11-year-old daughter because she's in school back in Brussels. When they're not here in town visiting, do you find yourself getting lonely?
1: Well I'm a social animal so uh, I'm afraid I, I, I develop a lot of friendship all over the world and uh, I, since I'm kind of aging and going back and back to the to back to the to the same places I I, I have a quite a big network and my life became a little bit of a non-ending party uh, which is great but yes of course am I, I, um, I, I do of course meet them but thank God for Skype. Yes, my, yes. My, my daughter is born indeed in a time where with iPad and Skype, actually, it's possible to basically spend time together. So, uh, I mean, uh, I don't want to be too revealing because you already know how my wife calls me. indeed, <laughs> uh, Sunshine, which is very nice. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but actually, uh, we, we, we spend a lot of time together. Usually, for instance, um, when I come back at uh, uh, 11 o'clock, in my room, uh, it's six o'clock in the morning. They wake up at six fifteen. So usually, uh, uh, when uh, between, I mean, uh, eleven thirty and, and midnight, I try to be uh, skyping them, and then we have really breakfast together. They put the iPad, you know, where I usually sit, and uh, we speak about the day, and uh, it's uh, it's possible to, uh, to 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 continue to be very in touch. But they they are coming very soon to Saint Louis, uh, and they will visit with me, and I can't wait to show them all the great assets of this city. You know, the zoo, of course, and the Botanical Garden and the museums, I mean the Pulitzer, the Art Museum. I I can't wait to show them that.
0: That's amazing. You'll get to show them where you're working now and and see the sights of this city. But it sounds like that time change often, the time change is very bad for people and this sounds like this is is working great for you.
1: Yes, it's actually good. Seven hours is quite nice because it allows me to to be with them at uh, lunch when they have dinner and actually to have breakfast when I have uh, when I go to bed. So it's Perfekt.
0: That's great. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time today. That conversation with sunshine uh, just <laughs> flew. <laughs> um, Stefan Deneuve, the music director of the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: My pleasure. You have a very, very sunny smile. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> and Maria Len Bernard, the CEO of the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra, thank you so much for being here today too. Thank you. Um, you can catch Stefan Deneuve's debut this weekend um, by going to the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra, or you can tune in on Saturday night right here to this station for the live